If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Recorded live. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, how y'all doing? The dude from Bradley's Comics. Uh, welcome to podcast number 44 as we are slalom down the hill towards 50 podcasts uh, for who they are for uh, at Bradley's Comics. Uh, on the line tonight, we're going with the full uh, contributors booth, uh, although one of them is late, the white person. Uh, <laughs> on the phone tonight. <laughs> Uh, we got Sandman is on the call. You know Sandman from Who Day Over 40 and from the Thursday comic book chat. Say what's up, Sandman. What is going on, y'all? Good to be here. All right. And uh, we also have Female Perspective on the call. Female Perspective, say what's up. Hola, what's up? All right. And then, go ahead, sorry. (laughs) I stepped on your intro. Uh. And then also on the call, we have Big Hutch. Otherwise, I was Mr. Mr. Yes, and, and, and the 10 percenter as well. Uh, and then Brother <laughs> Beavis, who you also know from the, the Who Day over, or no, from the Thursday comic book chat, he will also be joining us later. Yes, from the corner, he will be joining us a little bit later again. The white guy, always late for stuff. So, um, <laughs> as we get started, y'all, uh, Anybody drinking tonight? This is a Sunday evening podcast where we're recording. Uh, our favorite football team won on Saturday and lost on Sunday, so we're kind of in between. Hutch, are you drinking? Well, hashtag hell yeah. All right, what you drinking? I am drinking, uh, well, I'm starting off drinking Woodbridge Cabernet Sauvignon, and now I'm <laughs> on the drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pronounce it correctly. I'm thirsty, so I'm thirsty, damn it. <laughs> I was in okay. Coast. All right. So, no, now, what are you drinking, female perspective? I am drinking Granite Coast, which is uh, a red blend um, and quite tasty. All right. Sandman. I can't do with y'all hardcore alcoholics, man. I'm, I, I got me <laughs> That's about it. Uh, one of us got to stay sober, saying, man. Well, I'm about uh, to and then, yeah, that's right. And I am drinking. Uh, I'm afraid to. I'm, I'm ashamed to say what the actual beer is, so I will just call it beer. Uh, I'm ashamed because I'm drinking it. It's awful. Um, be so yeah, yeah, it's shameful. All right. No, it's. Uh, I'm drinking. I'm drinking a. I'm drinking a Bud Light Lime. That's awful. Oh, you're right. You should mm. get that. I know, man. Yeah, this is a step above Paps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paps. Oh, God. A Lime step. Natty hmm. Ice. Uh, right, natty Light. Right. Yeah, this is barely right. above that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so, 
As we always, we get into the box office report, um, sponsored again by no one. If you'd like to sponsor the box office report, hit us up at brotherscomics at gmail.com, and you can sponsor this. Uh, female Perspective is going to count down our movies from five to one. I got a couple of stop signs in there. But before you do that, the num- yeah, but the number six movie, before we do that, because we didn't get a chance to podcast last week, is uh, When the Bow Breaks. Um, it's an African-American movie fronted by Morris Chestnut. Um, who else starred in that movie? Um, uh, I know Morris Chestnut plays the good guy, as always, and everything. Um, uh, I'm a good I'm trying to think of the – hold on, I got it now. Hold on, I'll pull the poster. Um, it is Morris Chestnut and oh, – shoot, now where did it go? Oh, oh, Regina Hall. Regina Hall. Gina Hall, she's normally yeah. in comedy. Yeah, in comedies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's basically, um, uh, what's that movie? Uh, the Whatever, the Cradle movie with Rebecca DeMornay back in the day. You know, family oh, hires uh, a nanny. That's crazy. The, the Hand that Rocks the Cradle. The yeah. Hand that Rocks the Cradle, yeah. And basically, that's just a black version of that. Um, I'll probably see it at some point. It'll probably be, is it worth a red box? Um, but it actually did do well, you know, box office-wise. You know, a fall release didn't cost a bunch of money to make. It's made it up to $22 million already on a $10 million budget. So, I mean, you know, it's not something that would spawn a sequel. But, yeah, it's going to get its market money back. And, you know, it's just, you know, an African-American film, you know, released into the fall that's going to, you know, do, you know, probably – close to $35 million of box office, but, you know, that's pretty successful. All right, so number five, then, from your perspective, what was five this week? was Don't Breathe. That was the horror story about the blind man, and I think they break into his house or whatever. Um, that has actually done very well financially, which means there will be a sequel. It made $5.6 million this weekend. Um, it's grossed $75 million on a budget of $9.9 million. So, yes. That That's incredible. Done. Yeah, and that definitely, that definitely spawns a sequel. And, again, I think we said it on the other podcast, you know, what sense is it going to be? Like, don't see, don't taste. <laughs> it, it'll be something stupid, but it, it's definitely going to spawn a sequel. All right, what was number four? And number four is one that I think I will eventually check out, Snowden. Um, mm. That may Eight million um, on a budget of forty million. Um, mm-hmm. and I got that, a stop sign there. No, you do have a stop sign. What I do have a stop sign there. Yes. Um, <laughs> they need to stop trying to make that kid. They need to stop trying to make that kid a star. Like I'm done with him. Uh, what's his name? Was that, uh, Gordon Levitt. Was that him? Yeah. G, yeah. Gordon Levitt. Huh? Big Hutch calls him the loud firm because he's got it's. Three names are last name Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Got the serial the serial killer uh, three name thing going. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just kind of done with. I'm like he's not a star. Like he's not a star of movies. He may star in movies, but he's not a star. Yeah. Like he's had like multiple yeah. runs of trying to get him to be something more than he is, and right. it it mm-hmm. stops. Like he can't sell a movie himself. He's just not that great of a. He, he may be a good actor, but because of, you know, his looks, his whatever. I mean, he's just not – he's not a star. Like, they need to stop, like, trying to force him down our throats. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and he's not a leading man, and that's what they're trying to turn him into. He is not that. He doesn't have the look to be a leading man. 
nor does he have the acting chops to be a leading man. I mean, I right. think he's a decent actor per se, but he's more of a character actor to me more so than a leading man. So henceforth, it's going to be difficult for him to open a movie by himself without right. the of another leading, you know, actor or whatever. Or DiCaprio. Right, yeah. yeah I mean, and right. everybody's not a DiCaprio, and that's fine, but I just, like, I'm kind of done with him. I saw Looper. Like, I'm good. You know? <laughs> I actually thought he was good Looper. I, I like Looper. I thought that was a good movie. Yeah. I it was didn't. all right. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't a fan of that one. I'm just, I'm, I'm just not a fan of dude. I just uh, Overall, in general, and, like, so when I saw that that movie was coming out, I was like, <sighs> whatever. <laughs> and, and isn't that also by Oliver Stone? Yes, that is by Oliver Stone as well. Oh. I mean, but y'all know he's a big conspiracy theorist, director. Um, he's a Virgo. Yes, he is a Virgo as well. <laughs> so, I mean, but I, I do think I will eventually check that movie out. I mean, just for curiosity's sake. A uh, producer. But, how many times yes. we watch? How many times we watch JFK or Jisk? Jisk. Um, conservatively, a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Because I wouldn't have thought that you would have been as much into Jeff as Big Hutch is, but he said you are heavily into Jeff. Um, I was into the movie. Um, I'm, I'm probably less into the conspiracy part of it. I just kind of like the movie. Um, at a point there, uh, it was just something to go to sleep to, and I'm not sure if we had any other videotapes at the time. I don't know where the rest of the video collection was. But it was just something to kind of watch. Um, I mean, I think in my early 20s or whatever, I was, you know, into that, you know, in the conspiracy stuff. But, yeah, I mean, conservatively, we watched that movie every night probably for a solid six months. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> holy crap. At least parts of it, not the whole thing. But, I mean, would that be fair, Hush? That was, that's a good, fair comparison. We're talking about JFK yeah. you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Right, it's and, it's convincing if you watch it enough. I mean, you believe that shit. <laughs> Keep watching it. Still watching it a whole lot. If you watch it, uh, you know, consecutively six months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, frame by frame, frame, frame by frame. frame. There you go. Back and to um, the left. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hate Oliver Stone, by the way. Just a side for the topic there. Um, I, I mean, I don't really, I don't really roll with him. I just, I mean, I know I watch that movie, but for the most part, I stay away like heavily from his stuff, <laughs> real heavily. I keep it at a Heisman distance. Um, <laughs> I don't watch his stuff. What was that, Hush? Uh Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I've never seen the whole thing. I don't do anything with Charlie Sheen in it, sir. Nothing. <laughs> so, I'm going for that. I was on the Charlie Sheen hate train long before he went crazy. <laughs> so, nope. I don't do anything with him. Uh, I just, you know, I'm just not a big Oliver Stone fan. Uh, I think what turned me completely was, what was that movie where Woody Her- Woody from Cheers and some other lady went crazy shooting up people? What was that called? Oh, that's, that's a, oh, yeah. Um, Natural, Natural Born, Born Killers. Killers. Oh, yeah. had R- RG, um, Robert Downey Jr. is in that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was done. Terrible movie. Terrible movie. Yeah, I was, that was I agree. good for me. I was done. Woody Harrelson and Julia, Julie, whatever. Yeah, I'm done. 
All right, yeah. sorry. Number three. Julianne Lewis is awesome when they movie. She's yeah. all crazy. I, I, well, she does crazy very well. I like Juliet Lewis. I just don't like that movie. I think that movie is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, goodness. <laughs> repeatedly clapped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> you like Juliet Lewis, but you don't like Oliver Stone. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Hold on a second. Hold on. See, this is how podcasts get to two hours of female perspective. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So, uh, well, you know what? That's a podcast for another time. We're going to try to keep it on, on, on schedule. I won't have to defend myself for liking Juliet Lewis. All right. So what was number three then? If Snowden was four, what was three? Number three is Bridget Jones' baby. I got another stop tonight. I <laughs> Bridget Jones's. I like them because I did like them. I, I mean, I thought they were pretty halfway decent movies. Um, I, I, I probably would check this one out as well. I, well, I probably won't see it at the theater, but uh, it'll be a <laughs> International screening. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I could see, you know, the whole Bridget Jones story has a following. There are people who are, you know, invested in her, in her storyline. So, henceforth, you know, yeah, I guess I can see why people went to see this. Um, well, I saw the first one. I thought the first one was actually pretty entertaining. The second one is garbage, so I have no <laughs> desire to see the third one at all. Um, so, Hutch, have you seen which ones? Have you seen? I seen them. I seen the first one. I think I saw the second one. Okay, of uh, Sandman. Which one did you see? I seen any. the first one. Yeah, I seen the first mm-hmm. one. It was all right. I mean. What I don't understand is why don't they just get a real British woman to do the damn role instead of, uh, what's her name? I guess she's all right, right but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. But push, push, push that forward. Why don't they get a real fat person to do the role? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no joke. Yeah, why they got to hire somebody that's thin to get, they get to eat everything they want. And so they can play this role and fake an accent. Why don't they get somebody that's already headset? I don't like that either. Taking roads from fat <laughs> Americans. That's awful, man. Vote Trump. All right. Taking our jobs. Um, yeah. Make America fat again. Yeah, she, <laughs> I, yeah. She's supposed to be an overweight, an overweight British um, uh, Finster. Yeah, journalist. Journalist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Right, and so I guess this movie's following. You know, she marries not Hugh Grant, the other dude. Uh, and I, I mean, I don't know. I think what's going to be missing from this is Hugh Grant. He added to the story a lot. I mean, his right. and so forth. They definitely enhanced the story. So without him in the story, I'm I'm interested to see how that plays out. But I think he will be missed. I think the time off in between sequels or whatever, I don't know, was probably a solid 10 years. Um, didn't help because it didn't really make that much money. You would have thought it would have did better than $8 million. 
Um, huh. It has such a following, uh, but I mean, I think since the last one was, it's been a while. Um, so yeah, so I'm yeah, I'm good. I'm good on that one. That's probably an it. That's probably is it worth a red box as well? Like I said, I've seen the first two. Um, uh, maybe an international viewing, but probably a, a worth a red box. All right. Number two then is what? Five million. Its budget was thirty five million, so it, it's yeah, it's struggling. Yeah. yeah, it's struggling. Uh, it probably plays well overseas though, and that will make its money. You know, the Brits will play and watch that crap, so it's fine. Uh, all right. What was number two? Blair Witch, and mm. that makes nine point six million on a budget of five million. So it's already made its budget back. Right. But is yeah. that a good thing, Hutch? Is that a good thing? Did we need another Blair Witch? No. <laughs> Blair Witch. Uh, I I recently called hell at work because I said that I actually the first. I, I mean, I'll, I'll catch Hedge 4, too. I like the first one. The first mm. one, I mean, considering the time it came out, the marketing that they used to promote it was excellent. I mean, that was excellent way before the time. And, mm. you know, and, and that added to the whole overall story of the movie. Um, and that's I really liked it and could appreciate it for what it was. But now this remake, no, there was no need to do a remake. Right. And basically, right. I got Because basically, it's probably just about three fucking white kids talking about. <laughs> <laughs> hey now. <laughs> hey. It's Brother Beavis. Hey. Hello. You guys are talking about Blair Witch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, funny, and it's in in a in a perfect timing that the white person comes in and talks about like a movie about a bunch of white people in the woods. But share your perspective since we have a white person on the phone. Um, I would have been on earlier, but I was actually out in the woods just now. I just heard some you. crazy shit, and I was like, well, I guess I got to go check it out. Clearly no one run towards it. Yeah. yeah. Clearly none of these black people are going to go check it out, so I might as well run headfirst into danger because that's what I like to do. Um, <laughs> yes, we are in the middle of the box office report, and we are talking Blair Witch. Uh, I think we, we dabbed on this on the last Thursday comic book chat. Uh, I'm not a fan of that movie. I don't watch horror movies, and even I didn't find that movie to be scary. No. It just made, I mean, it, it was marketed well. I thought it was real. So the first time I saw the internet uh, web thing for it, I thought it was legit. You know, and then when I did see it, I, I saw it in the movie theater. I mean, that's as far reaching as me, and I don't see horror movies. And I was like, that's it? All right. Mm. That's why I said the marketing scheme was brilliant. I mean, it was absolutely brilliant because they marketed it as being a true story. And these actors, you actually thought, I mean, you didn't know they were actors. You thought they were dead. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it sucked a lot of people in it. It sucked me in for a hot minute. And right. that adds to, the, you know, the story behind the movie. But now right. to do the of it, this is a whole different time period, a whole different society, all that mixed in. It doesn't work. It doesn't work as well as the original 
Now, Hutch, there's some actual black folks in this movie. What? what? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. There are some stars. There are a couple of the stars, air quotation, are actually, I think there's a black dude and a black female. So, one, you know, they die early. Right. Um, but two. You knew that. Um, yeah, right. but two, just the fact that they, well, see, that's some bullshit. All right. Let's, let's, let's. Okay. Let's just do it. All right, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. You want to go camping with us in the woods and shit and, like, chase the wh- oh, Fuck, no. What's wrong with you? <laughs> no. That's never happening. But it's going to be cool, you know. We're going to sleep in some... Th- no, 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 no. We're not going. Uh, yeah. And, and there's a thing, and yeah, brother viewers, you can, you know, feel free to jump in. There's this thing when you being black in white spaces and being black in white spaces at camp is really not the most comfortable spot to be black. Um, it's just weird because you're usually the only one there, and you're definitely the only one that's sleeping. Like, like, why are we sleeping on the floor? And sh- why? What are we? What? Where's the TV? No. What? What? No. I ain't do- no. You want to go so out? What, what's and, like, worse, like the haunted forest or the white fraternity party? What, which of those two is? Oh, mm. that's a very good question. Um, I'm gonna go with the haunted forest. <laughs> I'll take my chances in the woods. <laughs> you might have a shot in the woods. You might have a shot there. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's it. All right, I'm done. Uh, and the number one movie in the world was Sully. All uh, right. Yeah, that made twenty-two million off of a sixty million dollar budget. I got a note. Sixty million. Yeah, I got a note. And uh, it's all, it's already grossed back its budget. It's it's made seventy million, so they've already made their budget back. Oh, uh-huh. okay. That's a Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. yeah, I got a note. Fuck Clint Eastwood too. He's the director of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand Clint Eastwood, man. I cannot. Hutch. I like Clint Eastwood. I'm with you, producer. I'm not a fan of Clint Eastwood, especially after what he did to Sandra for Lock. I am certainly not down with um yeah, and there's some other things that I won't go into that really show his character. So no, I'm yeah. not a fan of these woods at all. Whatsoever. No, 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 I am either. Yeah, period. You can take his whack ass son with him too. Um uh Brother Beavis, Clint Eastwood. No, I mean, even before he became the director and before he started talking down to empty chairs and whatnot, like, he was, never, he was nowhere near, like, my favorite action movie. Like, his action movies, like, depended on this mystique and whatnot. I, I don't know, whatever. Like, I guess I could get with Escape from uh, Alcatraz and cause some of his stuff, but, you know, whatever. And that nigga been 60 since 1962. Yeah. Like, I'm really supposed to be scared of you? Which is freaking twenty two caliber gun. Come on, man. You a thousand years old. You a thousand years old. No doubt. Uh, Sandman, are you a big uh, Clint Eastwood fan or a fan at all? I was back in the day, you know, yeah, like, you know, Escape from Alcatraz, Dirty Harry back in the day, you know, he, he that's back on his his heyday when he was still a big star, you know. Um yeah, like but like Beaver said, like when he was talking to the empty chair and shit on the damn um 
the the Republican thing, I was like, okay, it's time to get off the damn yeah. bus. Yeah, like I, 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 yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I felt bad for him. I really thought he had maybe you know. Yeah, I thought he was crazy. Lost I thought mind. he was just straight yeah, up lost his damn lost mind. His yeah. Mind. Yeah, like, oh, that's sad. They let him you know, direct you know. movie? Yeah, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, what was that? Yeah, there's some other background information about him that's not the cool at all. And, I mean, you guys probably don't know about it. I've read about it and the way that he uh, behaved and manipulated with the women he's been involved with. Not cool whatsoever. So, no, I have never been a fan of his. Yeah, I never have been, never have been, never will be. Um, I think my favorite movie is whatever one he was fighting with the monkey. What is that? <laughs> BJ, no, not BJ and the bear. Not BJ and the bear. No, the one any, any which way, every which way you can, any which way you can. Yeah. Man, that ought to tell you something. Now, I was I was cheering for the monkey. I wasn't cheering for him. <laughs> um, so, that ought to tell you something. <laughs> The Uranus thing was up, so, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and see, and, see you're going to make me go there. And see, and that's one of the reasons I don't really F with him at all to begin with is he has a, a, a view of America, air quotation, he has a view of America that doesn't really include me in it. Or it, the version of me that is in it is definitely working for him. Um, and I'm not down with that at all. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I can't really, I can't roll with that at all. And I definitely can't support it. And as much as I like Tom Cruise, I can't support this. Or Tom, I, Tom Hanks. Tom I Hanks, yeah. I feel that you would be inferior to him. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally, I agree. He, the only Mexican people he know are definitely mowing his lawn. Like like he was playing himself in that El Camino movie or whatever it was called. Like he was just being himself. Like he wasn't acting. Like all that hate was straight up like from the heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was What? He liked Morgan Freeman. <laughs> mm. Everybody Man. And, yeah, and they always point it out. I have a couple of black friends. That's they one. That's they one. Some of my most famous co-stars are not white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, oh, or man. humans. Yeah, or you, man, man, fuck more, man, fuck him too. Did we just, did we just segue into the SCFU section? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> twenty minutes. We, in. Yeah, we might have. Uh, that's a long list too, uh, so we might have to keep it moving. But yeah, I just, I, I, I never have been able to mess with him, and um, and I'm good with it. And the fact that he, uh, I, yeah. Anyway, all right, so. So we'll uh, transition out of uh, box office reports to move straight into blurred notes. Uh, blurred notes. Uh, there's a whole bunch of them because we didn't podcast over the week here. And I have a few, and I might like kind of pick and choose them. I think I have close to eight of them. That's a lot of blurred notes. Um, so I will um, kind of pick and choose for each of you one that I you, think that you so might you have. Don't have a, you don't have an eight-sided die? Available to you? No, I don't have an eight-sided <laughs> die over here. Yeah. Yeah. I'll leave that to y'all. 
That, that's a big hush. I ain't even got one of them. That's a big hush. Yeah, I'll leave that to y'all. Uh, where's my first note, though? I can't even find it. All right, so let's see. Um, you know what? Let's get it out of the way early. Um, 20 years ago uh, or so, uh, Tupac died. Uh, and actually, it is kind of timely because the trailer for his movie, I think it's called uh, All Eyes on Me. Uh, it's a, it has no real release date yet. Um, I saw the trailer. The other day, they're thinking maybe November, um, but they weren't 100% sure the last thing that I had read. Um, So, yeah, Tupac died 20-plus years ago, or 20 years ago this past week. Um, Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Still making albums. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go around the room, and we'll end up with female perspective. Uh, Brother Beavis, what's your Tupac knowledge? Zero. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was not not in my repertoire, uh, which is largely built around Public Enemy, Dr. Dre. I mean, it's it. You know, if if you didn't play it for me, uh, I didn't get on my train. <laughs> so zero. Like I know, like I know that he allegedly died, and he's put out more albums since he allegedly died than before he was alive. Uh, I believe he might have made a recent song or video with Dr. Dre that was a ripoff of uh, the the uh, Mad Max video. Um, yeah, uh, the video. In California. The that's Love. that's about it. So slightly right. above zero is my Tupac knowledge. Wow, uh, I thought you would have had a little <laughs> bit more. Uh, no, dang. no, this you 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 did not hit the wheelhouse. The limited wheelhouse on this one. <laughs> uh, all right, Sandman, Tupac. Uh, yeah, I got the 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 regular um, um, black man knowledge as far as uh, uh, understand what uh, Tupac is. I mean, they, you know, when you're born, they get you like, all right, here's your uh, your uh, book of Tupac knowledge. They issue brush up on this. You're gonna be asked about this at some point during your career. And hey, here it is. So uh, you can't. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Just so I, I know. I know just enough to be dangerous. <laughs> okay. Hutch. I'm a. I'm a Tupacian. <laughs> okay. You want to elaborate on that? This <laughs> <laughs> is <a> podcast. <laughs> I uh. You know, he uh, he did get bigger after he quote unquote went away, died, whatever. Right. I a couple of albums. Uh, yeah, I watched a lot of his movies. I watched Jude. I watched Poetic Justice. Yeah, sure. This is, oh, I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah, you see. Yeah, I admit it's slightly above zero, but still <laughs> pretty go. poor. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> Maybe transcended from feeble to poor. I don't know. <laughs> uh, female perspective. Uh, well, I, first of all, I wanted to point out that the movie was actually filmed in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, oh, okay. Actually, at DragonCon, um, when I went to one of the panels, it it was uh, conducted by some of the people who were working on that movie, so they okay. had information mm. about the movie as well, which was interesting. Um, okay. Yes, I'm a, a big fan of Tupac. Um, I think his influence can still be felt in music in general. 
especially hip-hop. Um, he was at the top of his game as far as hip-hop is concerned. I don't think there will ever be another who can touch him. Um, yeah, and that that's my comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um uh, I'm not being a contrarian when I say this, and this is not a conversation that we have not had on numerous occasions, and I mean numerous, uh, on side brother topics, side angle topics, and side whatever topics about Tupac. Um, I'll try to clean this up for I'll try to clean this up for uh, the people that are around. Uh, I'm a fan, but I'm not a huge fan. Um, I think that. Oh, no, no, no. What I've said to y'all and I've been very consistent with is that I think he is a very talented person, but people ride his dick too much, okay? Like, it's just way too much. Like, he, I'd agree with me, that, yeah. T, he, to me, Tupac, to me, is partially, you know, he is, in a sense, Elvis than the fact that he is a, uh, like a kind of a media creation. And he created that partly before himself. Like he marketed himself as this gangster, poetic, but sensitive, whatever person. And, you know, people ate that up. You know, I always go back to the Vibe interview, you know, when he got sent up for, you know, uh, rape or whatever, when he got sent up, you know, before, which really was the downward spiral to when he got out, to when he went to death row, to why he getting shot outside the studio, et cetera. That vibe interview, he was like, this is some bullshit, essentially. You know, I'm, you know, I'm in here for this charge, but, you know, we got to be out on some love, man. You know, it's all about love. You know, I can't be up in here. I mean, go back and read that vibe interview from, what, 94? Like, I mean, mm. if that was his true self. If that was his true self at that point in time, you know, I mean, he essentially was just planning himself out there. Like, you know, this is, you know, I can't be, I'm not this person, essentially. But then when he comes out, he goes essentially nuts to build up See, his character. And that's why, that's one thing that I kind of really appreciate, appreciate about him. He was a very complex individual. He had mm-hmm. several types mm-hmm. that he showed the public, a side that he showed his family and friends. Um, yeah, so he was a very complex individual, and it wasn't always that you got what you saw. I mean, right. it, it, there was a lot more to him than what was presented through the media and his movies and music and so forth. And a lot of people don't jump into that. I mean, the poet, I mean, it, it, it goes a lot deeper than that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I mean, again, we, I mean, we, like I said, female second round had this conversation back and forth for damn 20 years. And I, you know, I've just never, like I said, if, I, if I've ever misrepresented, I was like, I thought he was like a whack rapper or something like that. Then I've been totally misrepresented. I, I think he was a very skilled rapper. There's no doubt about that. But I also think like, you know, a little bit of a media creation. Um, I think if Tupac looks like big pun, like, I don't think anybody's like, um, you know, caring about Tupac at this point in time. Like, I think the fact that he was a good-looking dude, you know, that I mean, like, like all that played into it. You know, like, Big Pun's been dead almost 20 years, and you don't hear nobody talking about Big Pun no more, you know? So, <laughs> well, I, I know why. I'm, I'm used, that's an over-exaggeration. But I'm just saying that, like, I think all of that played in, in, into the continuation of the Tupac legacy and, and all of that. So, but yes. 
Right. I agree. That played into it. But also, he was rapping about something of substance, which, you know, for a lot of these rappers in hip-hop, I mean, they're, they're not rapping about anything. They're really, right. They really are mm-hmm. out there now. They're, right. They really, I mean, their music has no substance. Something that could relate to a group of people who basically felt they had no voice, which also added to his legacy. Right. I I agree. I agree. All right. So, yeah. So, rest in peace, 20 years, Tupac, if you really did. Um, It kind of leads to a possible uh, Chappelle skit that we might be talking about later. Uh, a, a great Chappelle show skit about if Tupac is really dead. Uh, season three, although most people don't fuck with season three of Chappelle show. All right. Um, so that was that was blurred note number four. Let's see. Uh, Big Hutch, how about you go ahead and deal with the other anniversary because this is up your wheelhouse. Star Trek also celebrated its 50th year anniversary, the original series, uh, last week or so. So Star Trek at 50, Big Hutch. Uh, to go where no man has gone before, to explore space, <laughs> seek out new life and civilization, and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's you know what? Let's go around the table like we did before, and I'll start, and I'll be the brother Beavis of that Tupac conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, if he did, if brother Beavis didn't make me watch it. I ain't see it. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I've seen it on Channel 2 on whatever days it was on, WDTN. That's too specific. And, um, like, I, I, I never been into Star Trek. I never, ever, ever have been into Star Trek. I cannot fade it at all, especially the original TV series. I look at it, and I'm like, this is some straight-up Basura, man. Garbage. <laughs> I cannot fade Star Trek at all. I kind of got into a couple of the movies, the the uh, the recent reboot of the first reboot of those new three Star Trek movies. I like that one. I didn't like the second one. Haven't seen the third one yet. Any of the other Star Trek movies with the original cast, uh, I'm not down with it. I haven't been down with any the new power generation. None of its intonations on TV. I am not down with Star Trek. I can't mess with it. Thank you. I'll hang up and listen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Sandman, right. Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was uh, Channel 22. Um, <laughs> it wasn't on Channel 2. I don't know. All I you know probably, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. All I know is they used to show that shit all the damn time. When we was kids, this is back for for you youngins out there. This is back in the seventies, in the dark ages, where we just Google whatever it. was on the damn TV. Google it. Whenever Google it was on the damn TV, we watched it. Guess what? Star Trek was on all the damn time. I watched it, <laughs> and I grew up just get, being used to watching it. And so, like when the movies and the TV shows all came out, I watched that shit too. So, and I guess you know I'm talking about it like it's terrible, but hey, I've been watching it for you know, how many years? <laughs> Ever since I've been alive. So. It's a media cultural phenomenon. Uh, people like it. I do. What I do like about it, I say, is it offers uh, uh, some fiction of mankind that's actually hopeful, as you know, most of these damn uh, science fiction shows, movies are always bleak, 
And this is one of the few ones that actually show we kind of made it into the future. And black folks, too. So that um, <laughs> that actually kind of resounded with me a little bit. So uh, that's been my experience with it. Yeah. The Jetsons weren't, the, weren't right is basically what we're saying, y'all. Like, we do make it to the future. Yeah. Screw the Jetsons. <laughs> All right. Uh, female perspective. Oh, no. Brother Beavis. Star Trek. You know I mean, the way you guys described it, like back in the day when there were, there were three to five channels, depending on how much aluminum foil you, you strapped to your television, you couldn't help but watch Star Trek. <laughs> so, like, you, you can't have not seen Star Trek, and it was what it was. It was what we thought it was. I remember when The Next Generation came out, like, I wanted to watch it, and I, like, watched the, one, the first few episodes, and I didn't get into it. And I watched it periodically or whatever, but I was, you know, there's so many people that loved it. Like when the, I think Voyager was next and that shit was terrible for one. Yeah. It had it like was. the forced diversity United Nations cast. And <laughs> every episode was about putting some, some particle beam through some sensor array to travel back in time and some bullshit like that. Uh, so I couldn't fuck with that. And then, you know, I've seen movies and whatnot. I think, the nice thing is, like, it's accessible. Like, you know kind of the gist of it and the characters, and you could sit down and get into it or whatever. But, like, I can't I can't imagine, like, sitting through enough of it to be, like, a, a Trekkie or a Trekker or whatever. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. knowing all the episode this and that and that and whatever. Galaxy Quest was great. Uh, was yeah, I was going to say, that's my favorite Star Trek movie. Yeah, that's a good um, movie, yeah. But, you know, it's it's solid for what it is, but I can't see being all about it. I guess that's my take. So what you're saying, nigga, is you don't speak Klingon? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I cannot properly conjugate in Klingon. Completely noted. <laughs> female perspective. Uh, female perspective, just took the teleporter, and we'll be back later. <laughs> <laughs> so I think she's being down in the role of Brother Beavis yeah. in this. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So go ahead, Hutch, then you were, continue your Star Trek soliloquy. Oh, uh, yes, my Star Trek uh, soliloquy. It goes from Star Trek, the original series, to uh, Deep Space Nine. <laughs> then, yeah, so, yes, I did watch all this stuff. Uh, they, I love the Wrath of Khan, the first one. Uh, I'm not down with them. Uh, when, when Spock died, I kind of I gave a little tear for that. Um, mm. uh. Not so much. Whatever. I, I watched all the movies. <laughs> Okay, but you're a big fan though too. Like you, I mean, you are a Star Trek person. I remember uh-huh. on numerous occasions where you were wanting to, um, you know, purchase that, and you might have had done that that the Star Trek chess game or whatever. Uh, oh, hell sell no. in the back oh, of the magazines. No. Like, did you purchase that <laughs> eventually? Because I know you wanted to. I, I sure did want to buy that Star Trek, the the commemorative edition and the and the three tier chess set and all that stuff. I right. did want to buy it. Um, there's this thing called budget cuts. Robin Dude called two pieces of the chess set. Mm-hmm. So I wanted a lot. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I, again, yeah. Happy anniversary, Star Trek. Uh, I can't mess with you. 
um, at all. But, you know, there are fans. Uh, I went to a con this weekend, um, Treasure Coast Comic Con. We might talk about it near the end end of the podcast. But it was um, lots of Trekkies, like a lot of hardcore Trekkies there. And um, I, I just don't get it. Like, I, I mean, that's just one of those things that, need, that you know, geeks, blurs, and nerds are into that I cannot mess with. I, and I, I'd like to say I've given it the college try, but I probably haven't. Like, I just – from visually, I look at it and I'm just like, nope, thank you, uh, <laughs> not for me, and I just keep on moving. So, well, one thing I did like about Star Trek is, is like, um, you know, you uh, others have pointed out, it was multicultural. You had mm. an eight person right. American female, uh, mm. and then you had first interracial kids. That was historic. That right. was history at the time. So, you know, that, that show was ahead of its time, you know, for the time period that it came out. Um, and plus, it was always on in syndication. Um, <laughs> you could blue people, orange people, green people. I mean, it, it was all inclusive. And that was one thing. Right. And that's one thing that I truly, you know, value about the whole Star Trek legacy is that it is inclusive. It's multicultural. Right. So what do you like better, Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, I like Star Wars better, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody on this call likes Star Trek more than Star Wars if it's not you, Hush. Right. I can appreciate both of what they are. Not me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. All right. So that goes. So, all right, Star Trek. Good for you. You made it to 50. Um, Woohoo! Good on you. Uh, good on you. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. All right. Uh, another blurred note. What's that? Team up a second. No, that was a big cut. What did you say? Tribbles. 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 Okay. Oh, tribbles. Wow. Oh. Yeah. That, that means, but sure. <laughs> right. All right. Um, next note. Uh, this would be for everybody. Um. Just for a laugh, this would be for everybody. I just saw on Twitter somebody, I don't think they posted it to my my timeline, but somebody put on Twitter that Suicide Squad has actually passed Winter Soldier in international box office. Like it made more money internationally than than, uh, Winter Soldier. And the person who posted that point was like, you know, well, you know, Suicide Squad made more money than Winter Soldier, so, you know, implying that, you know, there's this big audience for Suicide Squad. Does anybody in their right mind think Suicide Squad is a better movie than Winter Soldier? Because no. I'm going to drop, you, I'm gonna drop no. you off this call if you say so. Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's where you go back to whether the, the box office is better than the, the critical, you know, evaluation of it. Because it was critically banned. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it didn't get great critical reviews, but it made a lot of money. So where does the balance come in? Right. I, I just don't – well, it's always going to be about the money. Like, and I can get that part of it. And it made money. That's great for that movie. But it doesn't mean, again, mm-hmm. I always go back to the Fast and the Furious, man. Those movies make a bunch of money, too. It doesn't mean they're any good. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean people can turn their minds off and go see, like, a brainless popcorn flick. There's nothing wrong with that either. Mm-hmm. You know, but don't try to sell me that it's good, too. Like, don't yeah. don't come on my timeline talking that bullshit. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, you that's fine. No, I don't think they. I don't think it was. On, it was on my timeline, but I don't think somebody posted it to my timeline. It just happened to show up in my scroll. But 
Um, right. I mean, it's fine. Like I said, you know, good for good for them. Good for Suicide Squad. But let's not let's not fool ourselves. I don't think that anybody's thinking that that's actually a good movie. Um, and like, if you go back no. to like some of the press up front was like, you know, Suicide Squad. All the pressure was to sort of redeem them from Batman, the disappointment of Batman versus Superman. They're not saying like now. They're saying we recognize we all that it's all terrible, and we're going to start over. and We're going to fix everything. They're not saying we're looking to build on the success of Suicide Squad. I mean, that's right. not the narrative. I mean, there's been plenty of terrible stuff over the years that's made money. New mm. kids on the block. They made a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Transformers. Whatever. Makes a lot of money. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Transformers makes a lot of money every single time. And those movies are terrible. And it wow. makes a lot of money. So I don't, you know, it, yeah, money, it shouldn't be the only determining factor. With that yeah. being said, blurred note number six. Margot Robbie is set to star in and be the executive producer of the Harley Quinn solo movie that's going to come out in about two years. Uh, let's Ooh. go around the room. Ooh. Let's start with Big Hutch. Harley Quinn solo movie. Is, is she showing uh, practices? I'm in. <laughs> I kind of knew where you were going there. Uh, female perspective. Um. First of all, I thought Suicide Squad concentrated way too much on her character character to begin with. Her being able to carry, you know, carry off a, a movie in and of itself based on just that character alone is going to be a struggle, in my opinion. I mean, because I don't think the character is that intriguing to begin with. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, they're going to hope that it makes a lot of money, and maybe it will. But I I won't be fine to see it. Does she have to get naked, Brother Beavis, to uh make it more interesting? Although making it R would cut off a saw a large uh portion of the masturbatory people that could go and see it. I think it would be even worse. I think that I mean her her part in Suicide Squad was one liners and it's not clear how many of those were actually recorded and dubbed in over the original movie. And I honestly think, like, to to portray a movie with a female lead that is in that's really in, let, I mean, let's be real, in like a completely toxic relationship is sort mm-hmm. of a damaging thing to do. And it's not a strong role. It's not a strong character. I think they, I think she would, she's fine in a supporting role. But I think it can only get worse with more of that character. Right. 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 Sandman. Yeah, I, as far as the solo movie, I think they're barking up the wrong tree here. If you believe that um, the reports that she was actually upset that the uh, the booty shorts and the little shirt that they they gave it away that she wasn't mm-hmm. actually pleased about that, but they pretty much forced her to do it because they knew that's they had to get more people into the theaters to to see the movie. Because mm-hmm. I mean that character, there's there's no depth to that character whatsoever. She's a uh, she has no powers uh, outside mm-hmm. of, I guess, a bat or a gun. And uh, the one-liners, I mean, that's all she is. She's a sidekick to the Joker. And right. another thing, but yeah, they kind of misrepresented that relationship they had. The Joker don't give a damn about Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. When he wants to, you know, he, you know, he'll pay her a little mind. But, you know, when he's up to his next scheme or whatever, he, you know, she's a bother to him. And I thought that was unhealthy. And you got kids wanting to be her and dress like her all the time. 
I, I don't really care for that. Yeah, I, I, I have to add to that because at Dragon Con we did see a lot of, you know, the Harley Quinn costumes and so forth. But um, also, I mean, what what have they done with the Joker? They built Suicide Squad up so much that you thought the Joker was going to be in it and be involved. And granted, his relationship with Harley Quinn is very dysfunctional and, you know, um, problematic. But they didn't delve into that. And they basically cut his character down to five minutes of, of screen time. So now mm. what are they doing yeah. with his character? And then they're making her character to be as big as his character is. And, and granted, I'm not that, you know, heavily into the history of the comic book, but I do know that the Joker is much bigger than Harlequin. So, yeah, what, what are they doing with the Joker character? You know, I think I, it was more of a, yeah. Go I think ahead. it was more of a Trojan horse to get people into the theater because it's the right. Joker. It's another version of the Joker. And, I mean, he's pretty much the number one Batman villain. And, by the way, they um, uh, dropped Batman in a couple times, too. You know, mm-hmm. so they dropped those characters in there just, I think, to get the uh, people into the theater, which is, I think, why you got so many people that actually went to see it because I wouldn't saw it. Ain't, it's not very good at all. Uh, in my opinion, and so uh, let's see them do it again without you know all these crossovers and see what just these C-list villains in it, and uh, if they actually have any success, I highly doubt they will. Yeah, and it made too much money to not spawn a sequel at this point, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm not sure where you go after that movie, and like where do you go with this? Like, and where do they fit in with the rest of the DC you know extended universe in terms of their movies? Like, where does like, where does this go? Um, and this is coming off the news that, you know, the Batman villain for the, the solo Batman movie, I don't know if you saw this, Hotch, is uh, going to be Deathstroke. I'm like, mm-hmm. like, Deathstroke's barely a Teen Titan villain. He's definitely not a Batman villain. And, yeah. like, you're going to build a movie. Like, he's, an, you know, a mercenary. Like, and, like, what, what, like, he kills for money. Like, that's basically it. Like, he, that's it. So where, why would he be even in Batman's world, I guess? And you know what I mean? Like, it just didn't make any sense. It just seemed like a good idea. Like, oh, well, we're going to put Deathstroke in it because, you know, the costume looks good and, you know, whatever. And I'm like, uh, whatever, man. I just, I don't understand DC. I know I'm going to get all these freaking things about this every time I post something about it, but I just don't get it. But that leads into the next. Go ahead. Open door, here come the DC. No, 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 that's not true, because I'm going to, I'm going to praise them here in a second, and this is, you know, this is an all call for uh, most of the people on this call. There was an article that was posted on CBR, that's comic book resource, um, this week that um, DC's having its highest comic book numbers, like, for sales in, like, 20 years, you know, this post, this rebirth of DC, and if you didn't, we we got a we reviewed a few of the number ones uh, on a podcast. You can go back and look at it on the Thursday Comic Corner. That they're having this like resurgence, and and Marvel's books are down. Um, you know, over the last you know trending over the last you know kind of quarter sales period. And you know, I was thinking, and I have an article like ready for the queue for the website at brotherscomics.com, and it's um. Like, I think it's because, like, I, the, DC knows exactly what, or at least now they know what they want to do with their comic book properties. 
even though I think their movies are a mess, I think they have a firm idea, like after 52, like, you know what? We took our characters in the directions that people weren't comfortable with, trying to get new readers, and that didn't help. And so they've kind of brought it back with Rebirth, whereas there's versions of characters that people are familiar with, and it worked for them, where I think Marvel is completely on the other side of this, where they have a whole bunch of characters where people aren't familiar with, and it's not working for them. And I think that's why their numbers are suffering. Which uh, is all the more mystifying because the prominence of their their flagship characters in the mainstream because of the cinematic universe. It makes absolutely right. no sense. None. Right. None. Because I was thinking, like, okay, so 52 didn't work out. They had all these weird versions of the heroes. Like, all right, well, let's put them back in, like, a continuity that everybody's familiar with. All right, fine. Now, our movies, they're all kinds of goofiness, and we're not sure what continuity we're using. Marvel okay, like we're going to use these for the characters for the movies, that's great. But in the comic books, we're going to have like wildly different versions of anything that's on the screen, completely. And Plessy versus Ferguson, okay? You know, they got all their freaking um, heroes that are, uh, you know, either women or black or Hispanic. Like, they just got all these different versions of heroes, and it's not really, like, gelling and vibing together. And um, I think that's part of the reason why the books are suffering a little bit. Hutch? Um, you are correct, sir. Right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to expand on that? <laughs> I, I guess. I guess no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as you know, my feelings. I'm a DC guy. I like DC. Uh, I mean, actually. Starting this podcast, I've bought about say about thirty DC books, as opposed to about ten Marvel books because I already had them. Um, so yeah, I've helped DC get their numbers up. I like Superman. I love Flash. Uh, their movies kind of suck though, but I do watch the CW shows. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. Um. I it just. I. I mean. I don't get. I, I mean, I totally get why their numbers are up. I totally get it. And Marvel's like floundering a little bit. And they're going to double down on that. And I think it's partly because they don't have the rights for some of their characters. You know, Fantastic Four are split up completely. And pretty much uh-huh. sure that the X-Men are about to get the same thing um, after this X-Men versus Inhumans crossover here in October. I think the X-Men are going to get split up too. And they're going to, you know, kind of cancel a good portion of those books as well. And now you won't be able to find them either. It's just like, it's not a it's it's not a good look. Is basically what I'm saying for Marvel. It's not a good look for their comics, and I don't I don't think I don't think they fully know what they're doing in terms of the damage that they're doing to their product. So with um, Marvel, with Marvel, I feel like the Disney involvement is is kind of hurting their you know the brand because mm-hmm. it's watered down uh, will water down everything to a Disney equivalent. And if men and uh, they're going to do the exact same thing with them. Yeah, but I, I think that I don't think that Disney has much hand in their comic book world as much as they have in the movie world. What do you think? And the, and the and the animated world. I mean, that's the thing that I think is really hurt is they've 
they've had some great products that they've really, they've had some great animated products in terms of like the Avengers shows that they completely redid and made Avengers assemble to make it align with the cinematic universe. Right. And in the ultimate Spider-Man, you know, is, is what it is. I don't know what that's actually synced to. Uh, I don't it's know. A, what it's dribble. That's but, terrible. It's dribble. You know, I, it's hard to say because it, I, I get. It seems to me like you know, if it's if it's the issue is that Disney can exert pressure on the movies and the 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 cartoons and whatever you know or whatever TV they're not they're not affecting Netflix at all. That's that's uh, the other strength of of Marvel right now. But you know, apparently it, that's not. It doesn't seem like that's going over to the the comic book universe. And so it's like they're trying to meet different kind of objectives now with the comic books versus the movies. So I think it's just, I don't know, maybe it's not enough Disney influence that they're not spanning the whole product line or what, but yeah, it's there. They, they might have to go through a couple iterations to get everything moving in, in a useful direction. Yeah. They're serving two masters or they're attempting to serve two masters and that never works. And, um, but, but I agree with your point about like how they're, I mean, it's uh, to, to me, it's great to introduce you know diverse characters and whatever, but at the expense of the flagship, it's like you're hurting yourself. You know, and you could create interesting characters under the Iron Man banner, under the Avengers banner, under whatever banner, without having to destroy all those characters. You know, and I almost feel like they should just like let time pass. You know, just turn off the continuity engine, let time pass, and if they want to have the established heroes be like older in the universe and focus on the next generation. To me, that would be more successful than having them just kind of sweep everybody out and replace them with stand-ins, because I right. think it oh. undermines the characters they're trying to establish. Right. And right. if you're going to have Falcon be Captain America and be black, you can't bring Steve Rogers back into continuity right. and right. having mm-hmm. Captain America too. But then you're gonna yeah. double down on the fuck up and then make him an agent of Hydra. Like, what the right. fuck are you doing? Like, you're. <laughs> You have yeah. taken like a character that you were, you said you were kind of slightly done with, then let him be dead and done. And if you're going to bring him back, you can't ruin 80 years of freaking Captain America history by now turning him into a freaking bad guy. It's just, it's just, I think, uh, Marvel right. is kind and, of And have, have event driven stuff like that to draw attention, but not one word about Falcon Captain America. You know, what, yeah. what is the big right. Falcon, what is the mainstream Falcon Captain America story that's going to make me go buy this, buy the book? Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Yeah, so, yeah, sorry, Marvel. Y'all are messing up. Man, Marvel <laughs> is fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, all right, real quick, and we just crossed about an hour and seven minutes. I wanted to get into this thing before we get to um, uh, the STFUs. Um, there was an article in the New York Times this week. Uh, I, I didn't post it to Facebook because I thought it was pure clickbait and I didn't want to give them any uh, any more extra press, but it was all over because it was a clickbait article. Basically, uh, a writer for the New York Times essentially wrote an article saying, like, when the new fa- fall TV, uh, and I wrote an article about it for the, po- uh, for the website, um, that it's like fall TV is going to be hard for white men to find themselves. That basically was what it was because um, – basically it was like playing the new shows that are on there. It's like, you know, the white man trying to find his place in this new world, um, air quotations, uh, you know, with like other people, you know, like essentially like world, like white men aren't like in charge and not racist, misogynistic assholes. (laughs) So, um, 
that was basically the point of this article, pure clickbait or whatever. But I went into the thing, I went into the article that I wrote was essentially like, you know, I can almost name the shows off the top of my head that have shows that either are black shows or led or co-led by a person of color. And so that's the article that I did. It was like I put those shows out there. There, Not scientific calculation-wise, there are 18% of shows that are either led or co-led by a person of color. That means 82% of shows on television, network TV, are led or co-led by white folks. So, Brother Beavis, are you having a hard time finding yourself on television? <laughs> no pressure, Beavis. No pressure. <laughs> Do you like turn on the TV and be like people in general? No. Well, I mean, you know, just turn on the TV. Do you have a hard time finding somebody that might look like you? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a distinction between can't help but turn on the TV and find a show dominated by a white cast versus like occasionally turn on the TV and find a show that's not. You know, I think that's obviously ridiculous. I think that you know you'd like to think that you're. You, I appreciate stories, and I don't really care about the cast. Like you know, just. Just as an example, like Agent Carter, I thought was a great show with a female lead because it was a good story and it was fun to watch. I can't wait for the Luke Cage show to come on. You know, I I just want to see good, entertaining stuff, and I honestly don't care who it is. Um, If I feel the need to, like, white up, I feel pretty confident (laughs) I could could find something on TV with white people. (laughs) You feel confident in your ability. Yeah. female perspective um yeah i think it's kind of ridiculous that they that they feel as if they can't find themselves on on you know on the shows that are being presented now because i mean there's still a majority of the shows are about you know caucasian people so 82 percent Yeah, well, Fresh Off the Boat was one of the shows that I had on there. I mean, I could almost list them off the top of my head because I wrote the article, and there really aren't that many to begin with, you know. And it, it take out the Shonda Rhimes shows, and it's a lot worse, okay? You know, I mean, you take out what's on, what's on ABC with, you know, How to Get Away with Murder and uh, Scandal and Blackish. Uh, I mean, it's... it's Thin, it's slim pickings on all those other shows. I mean, there's some of those show, uh, networks that only have, like, maybe one show, and that's a co-lead, you know? Like, if you take out, mm-hmm. um, you know, if LL Cool J wasn't on that NCIS, I mean, CBS would be struggling, you know? <laughs> and Right. I mean, and that's a co-lead. Cece <laughs> <laughs> you know? Pounder. Uh, what's she co-leading? He's on NCIS. But, uh, oh, but I, but I said, but Coley. But see, and that's the thing. Like, that's the thing now. Like, that's the new That's the new get around the diversity issue thing is to make shows these ensemble pieces, you know, and then they'll have the show led by somebody. But, you know, the ensemble piece will always include, like, a black or brown or gay person in it. But they all they do is fill out whatever stereotype that they're supposed to fill out there. Sassy black lady <laughs> and flamboyant gay guy. Uh, you know, you know what I mean. Like it's just they're just there to fill out that that quota, you know. But yeah. you know, the show revolves around that white person. 
and who are those yeah. white people? Like that's who's getting right. all the main stories and love lines, man. So I mean, don't mm-hmm. that that's just that is some bullshit. And that that article, like I said, it was trending on Twitter, and I was like, I'm gonna retweet this, and I was like, you know what? I ain't retweeting this. I'm not gonna let this get any clicks from us. But I did write about it, so whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, but that led me to believe, like, you know, there's really, you know, you know, it's why, like, a show like Atlanta on FX, you know, got these huge numbers for a debut because, you know, it's it's one of the few shows that has, like, a, you know, a predominantly black cast, you know? I mean, it had huge numbers. Did y'all see Atlanta? Hello? Yeah. Yo. Can you hear us? <laughs> Yeah, barely. Did uh, you see Atlanta? No, we. Uh, I have not watched the uh, the first episode. I will. That's that's definitely on my list of uh, shows to to watch. I have not watched the uh, first episode as yet. Okay, Sandman, did you see Atlanta? I didn't see it. I will watch it when it comes on uh, the downloadable. If you know what I'm talking about. I got you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> International screening. There, there you go. In fair interest of everything, Brother Beavis, did you watch Atlanta on FX? If it's not made for six-year-olds, I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. Duly noted. Uh, I, I remember those days fondly. Oh, oh wait, wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> if it's not made for white six-year-olds... truly noted too um (laughs) all right so that's that we'll get to the last part here um uh uh, we we call it the stfus um i've kind of it's it kind of evolved from stfus to when we get really angry to to eat a bag of dick award or the sit all the Sit all the way down awards, um, so you can kind of go with whatever you choose. I know Female Perspective had one in our pre-production meeting, and it's a good one. I don't know if she still got the fire in her belly for it, but go ahead and give yours. I don't know whichever one you want to do: bag of dicks, sit down, down, shut the fuck up, whatever you got. I'm gonna go with the NTFU, um, the Paterno, them, you know, uh, at. I think it was at a Penn State game or whatever, 50th anniversary that they went yeah, to it on him. I'm like, what the heck? This is a guy who covered up for a child molester who was basically an accomplice, and you're going to salute this man? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And you to respect this school? Have you Cere- fucking lost serial Serial child molester. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was more than one. <laughs> yeah, twenty some odd years of child molesting, and now on top of that, molesting children of, you know, for his Jerry Sandusky Foundation, like kids from poor backgrounds, like you know, like really picking on kind of the lowest, you know, hanging fruit, picking kids right. that are already messed up, and right. you know, taking advantage of them. I mean, it's, it's doubly worse. So yes, so yeah. Uh, and on campus. On campus, yes. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, what and I on one side, people who were saluting him and so forth and, you know, wanted to, you know, acknowledge 
his anniversary, and then on the other side they have protesters. I'm like, yeah. why would you even think that this was a good idea? Who on earth thought this was a good idea? His name is still on the library over there, and I've said this to Hutch a thousand times too. That motherfucker took the coward way out too, because when they were circling the wagons, he just fucking said, "Fuck it, I'm dying." He died. <laughs> <laughs> he took the coward way out, man, because they was coming. They was coming for him, man, and he yeah, was like, yeah, "Fuck this shit, it. I'm laying mm-hmm. down," and that's it. Because that nigga was coaching the year before, like on the sidelines coaching. <laughs> but next, the next six months later, like I'm dead. Forget it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah. As he took the cow away out, no doubt. Um, so yeah, so to you, uh, Joe Paterno, <laughs> we all collectively say, please shut the fuck up. up. Yeah, please shut the fuck up. <laughs> Anybody for bumping for Joe Paterno? He does not deserve a statue, an award, acknowledgement, anything. Fuck him. Yes. <laughs> There's the fire. There's the yeah. fire. It is bad, but yeah, I agree. Okay. Hutch, you had something before? I did. Um, Go ahead. Another uh, earthworm came out of their hide hole and put their uh, two cent out there. And this uh, earthworm is from the uh, Outback, Mr. Mel Gibson, who came out. <laughs> Tupac. Like, right. 
So, <laughs> so you, I mean, they can do the foulest stuff, and people will just still backflip for them. And, like, you know, the contortion and, like, Olympic-level backflipping for these people to put them back, like, on their pedestals or whatever. I just saw that Miley Cyrus is on The Voice. Not that I watched The Voice. Ugh. I just saw the commercial for it. I was like, this bitch for three years. Went crazy, lost her mind, smoked weed, fucked niggas, did all this shit on the internet and on Twitter. <laughs> but now she can get a yeah. spot on The Voice? Come on, man. Like that, I mean, oh, wait, what shit? Ryan Lochte is, Ryan Lochte is on Dancing mm. with the Stars, man. And it wasn't barely two mm. weeks before he had did something and he already on another show getting checks. Right. right? I mean, guys, yeah. Um, of course, it, yeah, because she wouldn't put her hand over her heart uh, for the um, national, national anthem. anthem. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're getting to the national anthem here in a minute. But, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, I, it's amazing to me, like, how people will just, like, kind of turn, like, their eyes for something else and be like, well, that's okay. And so, you know, he was just a kid and, you know, well, you know, she was experimenting, you know, and you know, trying to find herself because she was young or whatever. Like, man, that's not a, a, a luxury afforded to people of color. Like, you know, people trying to find themselves and experiment and doing these things will be, they can do it. It's just going to be to the ruin of their careers. And they're not going to get, like, a second chance to get back on, you know, to get on top or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so to who was that, Big Hutch? What do you want to give them, man? The STFU, bag of dicks? He got to get STFU. Can I get another one in there, Sue? Sure. I know it's coming up, but Mr. Trent Dilfer and his comments. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you want to hold it? Yeah, I'll hold it. I got a whole list of those people. A whole list of them. Wow. Okay. So, uh, Sam, man, you got anything? Uh, outside of the normal one every week, um, I, I got one for Trump. Uh, did y'all yeah. see that? Um, <laughs> All of a sudden, now he thinks that uh, President Obama is like, oh, oh, yeah, I, I guess he is from uh, the United States. He's been on this damn yeah, yeah. kick for the last what? Uh, I don't know when he he got in. Five, on that, six but, years. Um, it was like been like yeah. 2011. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you know, uh, finally somebody in his damn campaign said like, hey, uh, cool it with that crazy shit. We got to get votes. So he just <laughs> came out all of a sudden and it's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, he he's from the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Next Side question. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not important. None to see here. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, and I, I, I know I skirted over and built up that whole huge, like, freaking racist stuff against Obama for the last five years. But you know what? Mm-hmm. It's cool now. Next question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, it's it not don't a big exist. deal. Yeah, no yeah. worries about it. You know, whatever. Of course he is. Next question. Yeah. I'm getting, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm I mean, the, the, yeah, the cat lies, like, you know, uh, <laughs> like the days change from day to night. So, you know. Yeah. Like, so he can shut the fuck up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. It really amazes me that he that people are still taking him seriously, you know, uh, according to the amount of lies he's told that can easily be shown to be lies. Right. And people, I mean his followers are still just blindly led by this crap. Mm-hmm. I the fact that this guy might actually win. It's terrifying. Horrifying. Yeah, Yeah, agreed. Uh, But on that same note, it also tells you how awful 
the co-runner of the presidency is, is that he couldn't <laughs> run a, a campaign that would put away this freaking uh, racist, bigoted, uh, whatever, orange Oompa Loompa of a person that he is actually <laughs> still in the race, you know, six weeks out of it. Um, so whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Hashtag I'm with her, I guess. So, all right. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Brother Beavis, got anybody? Uh, I don't, I you know, I love every white person, so I don't really have any <laughs> <CFU. laughs> We understand, Beavis. You got to live in the world, man. We understand. Yeah, you got to live in that world, man. You do. You got to go back, man. <laughs> you gotta go. You gotta go back to the bank with that. I walk into work every Monday, and everyone looks at me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We heard you. We heard your ass, Uncle Tom. Reverse whatever it is they call you. Yeah. Like that wasn't me. You can't prove that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That was bro, I'm gonna bring, you know, I don't even know why we're yeah. talking about that. It was me. I'm gonna. Br- I'm going to bring this word back from the 90s grave where it should have died. And like, look at that wigger right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I see that wigger. I see that wigger right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Beauty lover. lover. That's right. Man. That's right. That's it. So, um, all right. It's mine is kind of all going to wrap around Kaepernick. Um, again, he takes a knee today, joined by many others around the NFL, whatever. I mean, like I said, we got on the front end of that when we first talked about it. The back end of it is all these people who feel the need to share their opinion, which is perfectly fine under the First Amendment. They can share their opinion. They can be wrong, but they can share their opinion about it. Like that, that's, usually, that's really not my issue, but sharing your opinion about what he should do, which is within his First Amendment rights, is like kind of putting him down like and not giving him his right. And there's just been a shit ton of people that have just kept it going, like, and not understanding the hypocrisy that they're having, that like they're saying that, well, he should be doing that. Like, he can do whatever he wants, but he can't do that. What the fuck, nigga? Uh, what, if I can do whatever I want, then why can't I do this? You know, because you're disrespecting the flag or the troops or whatever, and blah, 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 blah. So there's just been a whole list. Go ahead. Because you're a second-string quarterback. Right, yeah, and that was Trent Dilfer's mm-hmm. take. It was like because he's the second string quarterback, he shouldn't. He should just sit, you know, grab the clipboard and be quiet. Um, no, but you know, whatever. So, like, I had a whole list of people, and we this will cross all racial, ethnic, and uh, gender browns or whatever. Uh, what about Shaq. what about sports allegiances? We're gonna. I mean, that's that's where I have a problem. Okay, <laughs> because he plays for the Forty Nine. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Staring across this, too. Uh, Shaq needs to sit down. He went on Fox and Friends or whatever. Like, first off, what's Shaq doing on Fox and Friends? And second, that was my question. Yeah. Yeah, I would never do that. That's my Shaq invitation. I would never do that. I would never disrespect Shaq. Man, fuck you, Shaq. Eat a bag of cake. You know? Like, like, fuck, surreal. Like, fuck you, Shaq. Like, how are you? Like, Shaq has been one of the biggest stars in the world for the last 25 years. Never in my time. Have I ever heard him think or support or say anything about any social issue whatsoever? So now, on nope. oh, Fox and Friends, you make this decision that you're going to shit on somebody else that's taking a stand on something? Fuck you. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck you, Shaq. Um, <laughs> huh? But 
Yeah, I mean, and his dad is military too. I mean, you know what we got for them? Fuck the police. Fuck yeah. them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah. So Shaq, go ahead. Sir. But that might explain why he took a stand as far as that concerned, because he is a police officer. But but still, he shouldn't have said anything. No, he shouldn't have said nothing. This is a perfect time for to be like, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. And he didn't. Um, I got into it with uh, uh, Sports Illustrated model Kate Upton on Twitter this week. Uh, oh. She took a, oh, yeah, no. she, yeah she, oh, no, she did. Because she was that when the Dolphins players took a you know took a knee I think you know there was a good sort sizable six of them or whatever that took a knee during the game last week her I I don't want to misquote her but it was basically like this is disgusting or this is terrible you know on nine eleven you should you know whatever for those one hundred and twenty seconds or whatever um you know and basically and you know black Twitter drugger too and I just kind of got <laughs> on the train for that too and I was just like. So I on September, I equate her to one thing. She's one big boob. one big boob. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, basically, I went at her on Twitter on September the 12th. I was like, well, since they couldn't do it on September 11th, because that was deplorable, it's September 12th, so I'm waiting for you to, you know, speak out on some of these social issues, since it was not a good idea to do it on September 11th, since that's, like, you know, a big deal. And the people just kept going at her, saying, we're still waiting on you, September the 12th. You know, you got anything to say now? She didn't, obviously. And, you know, it's just, look... September 11th was bad. Like, we all know that. But that doesn't stop other bad things from happening. It's like nothing bad happened between September 11th, 2001 to that day. Like, a bunch of bad stuff has happened between then. And then, you know, some 12-year-old in Columbus gets shot by the police just the other day. You know? That they said he ran from the police. And like, if he was running from y'all, why y'all shooting him? You know? Yeah. So, I just, it's, it is what it is. Sorry, Hutch. Go ahead. That get recorded. I mean, a lot of stuff they don't get recorded. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of people just end up. I don't know what happened when he got. I don't know how he got some eight bullet holes. Yeah, sprinkle some crack <laughs> on him and let's keep moving. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so she and she can sit down. Um, I got uh, who's this? Some of these up. Yeah, Trent Dilfer can sit down. Oh, we're gonna go to your hometown there, brother Beavis. Hey, Ray Lewis needs to sit the fuck down, too. He needs to sit all the way down. He, he should have never all the way down. sitting down. He should have never got up. No, he should have yeah. never got up. Like, because, um, like, man, yeah. you know, you know I'm, I'm, I already did my Shaq invitation. Let me do my Ray Lewis invitation. Hold on a second. Man, you know, I'm saying that you know, we should all be together. Uh, all right, thank you. That's it. Um, Nobody's um, dead yeah. tonight. Yeah, don't mind these two dead people I killed in Atlanta, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, allegedly. I was you. Yeah, I was you. Yeah. Yeah, you should maybe not talk about anything, like, ever, other than I'm thankful that I got out of that situation and I'm going to keep my mouth closed. But he was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on, the, on that All Lives Matter shit. And Hines Ward was on that All Lives Matter shit. He can eat a fucking dick. Um, oh, God. Uh, so I would like to rescind my. I don't have a comment, and I would just in in the future just always give Heinz Ward 
shut the fuck up, eat a dick, sit all the way down. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. forever in, in yeah. perpetuity. Um, next time I get a turn, it's, it's Heinz Ward, all those things. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you. Uh, and, and Ben Roethlisberger was on that shit, too. He's like, oh, well, there's better ways to do things. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, like pin them on the bed. <laughs> Pay your private security and tell them to shut the yeah. fuck up. Yeah, exactly. Did you say Roethlisberger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on that, like, oh, he shouldn't be doing that shit, too. Like, well, you shouldn't oh, be raping people, nigga. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, my God. I'm not. I'm thinking to myself, like, some of these people, yeah, he stand up for the flag, but he also do some wild stuff. And y'all are okay with that, right? Y'all are okay with that, but y'all are okay with him taking a knee. It's like, I mean, honestly, the fact that he was sitting the first time and then he modified it to taking a knee, that's different to me. And it's not like he's standing and turning his back like on the fly while they're doing this. Like, I mean, people right. have it's, his ideas. He, at least, like, like, he tried to be responsive to the criticism, at least, right. I guess. Um, yeah. I it's been so caught. It's been so co-opted at this point. Like I don't even know what people are standing, sitting, or kneeling for. Right. Well, and that mm. was the thing that I was trying to explain to somebody on Twitter. And it was like, oh, well, you know, this is a good thing because it's starting conversation. I'm like, no, it's not. The only people are talking about is if he's standing or sitting for the right. flag. Not talking what's about the issue yeah. that he's standing and sitting. What's, for. It, what's like, anybody trying to accomplish? Right. They're trying to right. make themselves right because they have the to. Seahawks the Seahawks made it about the Seahawks made it up teammates. Right. The fuck, man? Right. Who you were on a team? You all had the same jersey on. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I figured that shit out. Yeah, it's just it's it's it brings out the absolute worst in people that have no idea what other people are going through. It brings out the worst. It brings out the well, he shouldn't have run from the police, or he shouldn't have been playing outside at night. What? Wait, what? Like it brings out all of these ridiculous things for the backflipping to make white right. It just it it just does, and it drives me nuts. It just drives me nuts. I put I changed our Facebook profile picture. If you saw it, it's like a guy on the back of a truck, Kaepernick's kneeling, and it's a guy on the back of a truck with a bunch of Confederate flags on, and he's yelling at him, mm. like, you're disgracing our flag. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's yeah. apparently not our yeah. flag. Yeah, apparently not. Because, exactly. you know. Remember when you guys disgraced the flag? Yeah, remember when y'all are flying that traitorous rebel flag that, you know, fought against mm-hmm. this country? But whatever. So, yeah. So all of those people that's dissing Kaepernick, and again, it's not like I, I, I hate the 49ers. Y'all all know this. If y'all ever listen to a Who Day Over 40 podcast, <laughs> I hate the 49ers. I ain't never cheering for the 49ers for nothing, man. But the, the, the people that are running him for doing what he's doing, y'all and Heinz shut Ward. the fuck up. And Heinz Ward. Yeah, mm-hmm. all need to please shut the fuck up. All right. Thank you. Whew. Well, we got through it in about... An hour and a half female perspective. I said that would be about right. So you left the five man booth. We got everybody in and got all five persons. So five person booth. Yes, I'm sorry. We have offended female perspective. <laughs> so um, we're gonna wrap up podcast 44. Um, I did attend the con this weekend. I'll write about it on the website. You'll see it this week at rosecomics.com. It's Treasure Coast Comic Con. It's very small. Uh, not a whole lot to write about, but we'll be able to get that up. Um, we also have. It's almost 
it's pretty late. Probably won't get in the Thursday kind of chat tonight. Uh, but we all <laughs> probably have the uh, the X Men continued on the Thursday kind of chat uh, with Days of Future Past, as we'll talk about those issues this coming week. And um, that's about it. I don't. I don't think I have anything else. Anything I missed, Big Hutch? Uh, I think you covered everything. I got everything covered. Okay, good. So you can find this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, eventually, I'll get us a Stitcher. I just don't know how to do it. When you're a young person, if you're under 20 years old, let us know. Sorry, if you heard that through my phone. You heard that through my phone? That's somebody else's phone, too. That's my phone. phone is that? Yeah. Because <laughs> we're in the same state. That's an Amber Alert. I just got it's it. It's an Amber Alert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought my phone was about to blow the hell up like them damn Samsung. I was like, why is my phone? I thought somebody was calling me. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. I should be calling at this time. I'm like, why is my phone buzzing? Oh, it's an ambulance. Sorry. Anyway, so, yeah, you can find us on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes. Again, we'll try to get a Stitcher at some point in time, whatever that is. Um, you can follow us on Facebook at Brothers Hutchinson. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Brothers Comics. You can follow Sandman on Twitter at Sandman415. Uh, you can get at Big Hutch and Female Perspective on the Facebook page, and you can get at Brother Beavis on the Facebook page as well um, if you really need to get in contact with us. Um, so that's it. So we are headed towards podcast number 50 as we kind of uh, for Brothers Comics in a few weeks. And um, thanks for the ride, everybody. I really do appreciate it. We appreciate all the listeners. Be sure you leave a review uh, on SoundCloud or uh, on iTunes, whichever one you're listening to, whatever app you serve. Uh, follow us there, and then the podcast will just pop up into your, you know, your pop your podcast window whenever a new episode becomes available. So that's good. All right. So I am the producer. I am going to sign off. Uh, we'll go around the table. Uh, last band in, brother Beavis. Go ahead and sign <laughs> off. All right. I'm out. See you. All right, Sandman. All right, Sandman. Signing off. See y'all next time. All right. To the founders, female perspective. Adios from the female perspective. Big hugs. My country is a big... <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. Um, and uh, that's just awful. All right, and I'm the producer. I'm signing off, y'all. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.